Hi, I'm Renee Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our weekly sermons so that you don't miss what is happening here at Bethel Austin. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. And most of all, we pray that you would have an encounter with the living God today. I was just ready to let Jai keep preaching on giving. Freely given to the heart. Come on. How many people enjoyed worship this morning? <laughs> how many people know you can't worship God more and feel worse? <laughs> you can't encounter him more and trust him less. Am I? That when we stepped into a greater realm of freedom at the, uh, at the last half of worship, how many people are glad that we did that? Yeah, <laughs> that uh, that in, in worship is where we learn how to let God have his way. Thank you, Jesus. And what if we just, what if we start there? Because he takes us from glory to glory. Not from glory back a couple steps and then forward a few more steps. And by his equation, he's not expecting us to start back at, at one and then build up again. No, he's the, where we, whatever you receive in the kingdom, you get the key to go back there whenever you want. So today's high place in worship is tomorrow's starting place in worship. Come on. I'm about to get myself excited. <laughs> I just like worshiping Jesus, and we're going to keep on worshiping Jesus, and then we're going to worship Jesus some more, and then we're, after we're warmed up, then we're going to worship Jesus. <laughs> because in worship is where we learn how to let go of control and learn how to let God be in control, where we learn how to let God have his way. What does it look like for God to have his way? <laughs> What's it look like when God shows up in a room and he can do whatever he wants to do? <laughs> and I know what some people are thinking, well, he's God, he can do that whenever he wants. Yes, he can. But by his own design, because he's a good father, someone say good father, because he's a good father, he has chosen by his own decree to wait for our invitation. That was a better word than your response. <laughs> this is not today's message. This is just because I'm stirred up over this. But <clears throat> Leviticus 26 says this, 9 through 12 for I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful, multiply you, confirm my covenant with you. How many people think that's a good start? You shall eat the old harvest and clear out the old because of the new. Sometimes old, old harvest is old perspective. What we're used to gleaning in an old season, in a past season, what used to be my high place, God is saying, you got to get rid of that. Because your high place of yesterday isn't good enough for tomorrow. That was a good word, Joaquin. Keep preaching. You're stirring my heart. 
Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> that we need to clear out the old to make room for the new. I will set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. I will walk among you. What does it look like when we learn how to worship in a way that's an invitation for God to come and walk amongst us and have his way? Oh, my goodness. Oh, we've, we've tasted and we've seen, but it's still not enough. I mean, we've tasted when God walks through the room and deaf ears pop open like popcorn. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We've seen when God walks through the room and people who are, who are paralyzed just get carried through the back doors and fall out in the spirit and get up healed. <laughs> we see God walk through the room and food allergies disappear. We see God inhabit a room and people on the, on the verge of divorce step into the room and their marriage is restored. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. We see God walk through the room and the fragrance and the aroma of heaven shows up. And people who just come into that sphere get healed. They get whole. They get restored. Oh. And that's last season. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> I, I've been in a room where God started to walk through the room and metal started disappearing in, out of people's bodies. Not one, but half a dozen. I'm remembering right now a lady sitting on the fourth row and uh, uh, God is, starts to move through the room and someone behind her goes, does it smell like metal burning to you? And she turns around and says, yes, I smell that too. And as she turns around, she realizes that it was the metal rod in her neck disappearing. Metal, metal rod in her neck, no longer there. <sighs> dozens of times, literally dozens and dozens and dozens of times, medical doctor confirmed, x-rays, before x-rays, after x-rays, metal, no more metal. And sometimes the one that confounds me even more is the before x-ray is metal, the after x-ray is still metal, but they can do everything that they weren't supposed to be able to do with the metal. The doctor's like, I don't understand. You can't bend like that. You have metal rods. Do it again. Okay, I can do it. Is it more amazing if God turns the metal, if he disappears the metal, or if he turns it to rubber? I don't know. But that's what happens when God starts to walk through the room. When God can have his way in our midst. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. I don't know. This is just worth repeating because it's so good. 20 people got born again yesterday on the streets in outreach. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> I love Jesus. So I'm going to keep bragging on Jesus. And I'm going to keep worshiping Jesus. 
And then when I'm warmed up, I'm going to really worship Jesus. Because the way we worship makes a difference. I say it all the time. I'm going to keep saying it, that he inhabits the praise of his people. And so the measure that we worship creates the measure that he can come and inhabit. And again, could he do more? Absolutely. He's God. He could do it all. But because he's a good father, by his own decree, he's waiting for our invitation. Thank you, Jesus. My message today is about our corporate yes. Our corporate yes. Because how many people believe that God is building a house here where he can have his way? How many people would like to see God build a house where he can have his way? Thank you, Jesus. I believe that that's what, that that's what God is doing. And there is, there is power in the individual yes. How many people know that your walk with Jesus starts with an individual yes? You say yes to Jesus. You give him your whole heart. Salvation, access to the Father starts with an individual yes. And there's power in that individual yes, but there's also power in the corporate yes. Because there is a measure of blessing that comes on the individual, but there is another measure of blessing that comes on the corporate company, the body. Wow. When we can come in agreement and be in one accord, the the power of our corporate yes. Individual is powerful and it starts there. And... I love Daniel, that that Daniel goes on a a fast, and the angel of the Lord shows up to Daniel, and he refers to Daniel as the highly esteemed of the Lord. That's powerful. And uh, I always, that always stood out to me, the highly esteemed of the Lord. I love that. I'm like, how do, I, how, do you, how do you become the highly esteemed of the Lord? And I, and I found many, many years ago, many years ago, I found a key in, in Proverbs chapter 3. Would you like to hear it? Yeah. Proverbs 3, verse 3, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. That God is drawing us all individually to go deeper in his presence, to go deeper in obedience, to to have mercy and truth and bind them on our neck and write them on the tablets of our heart. He's calling us deeper individually, but he's also calling us deeper corporately. And there's a power that is released through our corporate yes. If you got a Bible, and I hope you do, open your Bibles to Second Chronicles chapter 7. Second Chronicles chapter 7, it's a very famous uh, verse 
in, uh, in verse 14. You all know it, but I want us to look at through a little bit different eyes, and I want to read this together. Second Chronicles 7, verse 14. If my people, someone say my people, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open, verse 15, and now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. Whew. That just has a nice ring to it. <laughs> perpetually. His eyes and his heart. The heart of the Lord residing perpetually. And he's talking to Solomon here, and some of it he speaks directly to Solomon. But this portion, he is speaking not just to a man, but to a people group. And this, how many people know this verse that, that believe this is a powerful promise from the Lord? But it's, this powerful promise starts with, if my people... He doesn't say just you, Solomon. And there's lots of times that God speaks to individuals and re rewards their obedience and their response, and God does powerful things. But there's another level that God does through the corporate response. And he's, he doesn't say just, Solomon, if you do this, he said, if my people will do this, God responds powerfully and wonderfully and he doesn't just he doesn't just restore an individual he restores the land Whew. thank you Jesus and I believe that I don't believe I know that that's where we're headed because that's what God wants amen how many people know that God wants all the land I got to try that one more time. How many people know that God wants all the land and all the people? <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. The power of corporate blessing. Are we aware that we have a corporate yes? We all know we have an individual yes. I said yes to Jesus. I follow Jesus. I do my best to be obedient to Jesus. I have, I have an individual yes. We know that. But do we know that we bring our individual yes to a corporate yes? Do you know that your individual yes contributes to a greater yes? <laughs> and I've told these stories before. Um, but listen, you can, I've told them lots of times, but you can only share from your own experience. And so I'm going to share some of these again, and there's some specific keys in, in here, though. And back in, in Reading, um, when I developed the healing rooms, we created this, this place where God could walk amongst his people and have his way. And boy, did we have some fun in there. <laughs> God would show up week in and week out, and whoo, Rusty and Janet were in there. Didn't we have some good times in there? And I mean, listen, we had to get we had to get eye charts on the wall just so people could figure out how healed their eyesight got. <laughs> listen, we had people we had people come in on wheelchairs and they would run laps in the do laps in the healing room pushing their own wheelchair. 
Come on, that's fun. How many people know you're allowed to have fun in the kingdom? When God shows up and starts restoring things back to the way that they were meant to be in the first place, that is fun. It's enjoyable to see people get restored. <laughs> to see the love of God take over. <laughs> And so we created this, this, this place where God, we were continually renewing our invitation for God to come and have his way in our midst. And incredible things, metal dissolving and, and, and deaf ears opening and tumors dissolving all the time. Thank you, Jesus. A good friend a good friend, Rick Larson, I've told this story, but he came, he came with stage four esophageal cancer, given five weeks left to live, and he's a six foot four. Uh, he was an ex-biker uh, gang member, ex-Green Beret, Special Forces. <clears throat> I mean, he had a handlebar mustache, just shaved head. I mean, mean-looking dude, didn't know Jesus, but his son did. And uh, when he got diagnosed with cancer, he said, I'm going to take you to this place where they can, they can pray for you and they can, they can help you. And he said, oh, I've seen that stuff on TV. It's weird. <laughs> and through uh, this through some gentle exchange, I'll put it that way, he convinced his father to come. He said, fine, I will go. But on one condition, I don't want anybody laying hands on me. And he said, okay, okay, so he comes up, and, and uh, they come to the healing rooms, and he, he uh, tells the, the teams, like, hey, this is what's going on. My dad just barely got him here. He doesn't want anyone laying hands on him. And so they said, okay, and so Rick comes in for prayer, and they, so a couple people surround him to pray, but they don't touch him. They're just, like, you know, keeping their hands a foot away. And, and, uh, but he closes, Rick finally, he's like, looking around, checking it all out. He finally is like, I guess this is all right. He gets a little comfortable, closes his eyes. But a 12-year-old boy, who is also a full-fledged member of the healing rooms, because there's no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit, who, who in worship has learned how to let God have his way, just be obedient to the leading of God. The 12-year-old boy didn't get the same set of instructions that the adults got. So at some point, he's just following Holy Spirit. He's floating through the healing rooms, praying for people, blessing people, just releasing. And he just walks right through the group of people praying for Rick, just walks right through him and puts his hand on Rick's chest. Boop. And keeps going. And Rick goes, falls out. He's out for 45 minutes. While he's out, Jesus appears to him and says, I am Jesus Christ. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Will you follow me? And Rick says, yes, as you would. <laughs> and he gets up off the floor saved and healed. <laughs> Completely, 100%. <laughs> I always, I always think to myself, like, how do you answer the question when someone asks you, hey, who led you to the Lord? <laughs> well, he did. <laughs> I'm reminded of that story because Rick, he lived six hours south of, of where we were in Reading. But he got healed, and he was, he was, he was skin and bones at the time he came in. He was a large guy, 
but he had, he had dwindled down to skin and bones, but he got healed and instantly, like when I say instantly, within days and, and, and a, a, a couple weeks, he's fully back to full weight. He's vibrant, healthy. He's been uh, back to the, the VA hospital and they run tests, declared him completely well. I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole story. But people would see <clears throat> the, the work of God's restoration in Rick. Everyone that knew him, he was, he was emaciated. He was skin and bones. He was like, before he got sick, he was 240 pounds. But he had lost 50 pounds. And he's, but then he comes back, and now he's Rick again. Full of life, healthy, vibrant, and everyone says the same thing. What happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> he would say, well, I went up to this place, <clears throat> I went up to this place in Redding, California, and I met Jesus. <clears throat> you could say it this way. I went to this house where the, where the presence of the Lord would have its way. And I encountered the living God, and he changed everything. And people's response to his restoration was, if God could do that for you, because <laughs> listen, Rick was not qualified. Listen, in our, in our human reasoning, right? Ex-drug ex addict, ex-alcoholic, ex-gang member, ex-special forces, like rough, tough, tumble, didn't love Jesus, didn't want to come for prayer, not qualified by human reasoning. And so people look at Rick and go, well, if he could do it for you, maybe he could do it for me. And for the next six months, every other weekend, Rick would pile a different group of people into his car that needed breakthrough and drive them six hours to Reading, and they would all get healed. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. Because, because faith releases more faith, and breakthrough releases more breakthrough. And the woman I was thinking of that, came, that was pushing her own wheelchair around the healing rooms was someone who came with Rick. Woo, oh Jesus, we are building the house of the Lord. One of the, one of the, the most powerful things I think we were able to, to ingrain um, in people, invite people into, in the healing rooms that helped create this experience is, is obviously it was the healing rooms. And we were, praying for, we were praying for physical healing. But we would tell people, listen, you don't have to be good at healing the sick to be to serve in the healing rooms, you just have to love his presence. Because it's in, it's in his presence, it's in our, our invitation, our love of his presence, our continual invitation for God, come, be God in our midst and do whatever you want to do, that he comes and he does radical miracles. And so we would ingrain this. We would train people, listen, you don't have to be good, quote, unquote, what you think. You don't have to be good at healing the sick. You just have to love his presence. And then come together with us and worship and invite him to come. And that corporate blessing that comes in that place, it doesn't matter if someone gets out of a wheelchair by that, uh, by that person's hands, at the end of their hands, that's still your testimony. Because we together created the atmosphere for that blessing to rest. And next week, somebody's going to get healed at, your, at the end of your hand, and it's their testimony. Because we all are worshiping and inviting him corporately. 
And as this got more and more ingrained, people got excited to come together because they weren't trying to individually accomplish a goal. We were corporately contributing to a goal. And, and we, we, this place was raised up where people were just as excited to be greeters in the healing rooms as they were to be prayer servants. <clears throat> and they, our greeters were so full of joy. They just were radiating Jesus. And so much so that people would get healed in the hallway with the greeters before they got in the room. But they were radiating because they knew, they knew that what they were serving that day, they were about to see God do radical miracles. And they would get to bless every person that came in and, and knew with a confidence, a radiance in their eyes, beaming like, oh, welcome. God's about to change your life. Come on in. Come on. I'm preaching myself happy. <clears throat> and they, they were contributing, and they knew, and, and their job, and sometimes it happened because they had freedom to follow the Holy Spirit, but, but their job wasn't to stop people and, and spend 15 minutes praying for them. Their job was to welcome them, make them feel comfortable, tell them where they were going, and lead them in, but they knew what they were doing was contributing to radical miracles. And we, and we had sozo teams, and we had uh, artists, and we had musicians, and the musicians would be out there playing and inviting Jesus, and just lost in his goodness and glory, and miracles would be popping out everywhere, and that cancer disappearing was as much the guitarist's testimony as the prayer servant. And we had people painting, and I've told this story, we had people get healed just looking at art in the healing rooms. God told me early on, he said, when you co-create with the creator, it releases the realm of creative miracles. So just like this, we'd have artists in there and they would just be like, Holy Spirit, have your way through me. And then they would start painting as he led. I mean, the, 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 the easiest testimony to point to was, was a man who came in with a brain tumor and looked at a lady's painting. It was a waterfall and beautiful painting, and then in gold she wrote hope across the, and he's looking at the painting and liquid starts to drain out of his ear. Come to find out the brain tumor dissolved as he was looking at her painting. There's... There's an atmosphere available, but listen, there was, there was X number of prayer servants that were doing the laying on of hands, but, but we actually got to a place where, where just as many people got healed in the presence of that atmosphere as they did from someone actually touching them. <laughs> and so we had, we, had, we had X number of prayer servants, but the greeters were experiencing just as many miracles. Why? Because it was all corporate. The musicians were experiencing just as many miracles. The artists were experiencing just as many miracles. It, it didn't matter. The dancers, it didn't matter because we were creating a dwelling place. So I want to ask you, do you know that your individual yes is contributing to the corporate yes? That your individual yes is building <clears throat> the house of the Lord. <clears throat> it, <clears throat> I preached. I preached on this just the other day. 
First uh, Peter 2.5, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. <clears throat> our, our individual yes is contributing to a corporate yes. Do you know that, that your seemingly small yes, your seemingly small brick, your small yes is building a bigger house? The beautiful thing about the kingdom is that we get to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. And your, and your seemingly small yes has the power to build his house if you know that your small yes is contributing to something greater. When you, when you come to serve, when you're, when you're greeting at the front doors, are you just greeting Are you just greeting or are you, are you the gatekeeper that's inviting people into the encounter that's about to change their life? Oh, oh, oh welcome. You look new. <laughs> welcome. You better get ready. You're about to encounter Jesus. It's going to be awesome. Come on. <laughs> In fact, side note, Tim, Tim uh, during uh, announcements, he said, do we have any first-time flyers in here when he was... Asking if we have visitors, and I was looked. I was like, "Ooh, we should get the little wings, little Bethel Austin wings." First time flyers <clears throat> in the gift in the gift bag. I don't know. I think it's a good idea. Renee wasn't so sure, but that's all right. I'll convince her eventually. <laughs> when you're when you're greeting, are you just greeting? Are you building the house of the Lord? When, when you're working in, in children's ministry, are you just working in children's ministry? <laughs> when you're an usher, are you just ushering? When you go out uh, with the teams on outreach, are you just impacting that one hour and a half that you're out there? Or are you putting another brick into the house of the Lord where it's an invitation, God, come and have your way? The year brick on outreach, listen, we don't, we don't understand the, the, the trickle-down effect, the momentum, the testimony of Jesus. Listen, you put one brick in on Saturday, but you come back and we say, God did miracles out on the street. God saved people, and that testimony goes forth. We had a perfect example two or three weeks ago. At the end of service, some, uh, some of our outreach team people came up and started sharing testimonies and more miracles in service broke out the next 30 minutes, healing after healing after healing. Wow. Do you know there's people watching this streamed that we just shared about 20 people getting saved on the streets. That arrow is going in the heart of someone watching this right now. They could... Someone watching is getting born again, watching this, and now their now their family is going to be transformed, and the generations of their legacy are going to be transformed because you went out on the streets for ninety minutes. Oh, listen! The beauty, uh, the beauty is none of us 
can do everything. You can't, until we learn in the spirit to be multiple places at the same time, until that happens, you can't be on outreach and worship practice at the same time. You can't be in children's ministry and at the front doors at the same time. Listen, this, but we don't have to be. Because the body can be. But if you're, in, if you're in children's church and God shows up in the sanctuary, that's your testimony. If you're on the worship team in the sanctuary, but God shows up in children's church, that's your testimony. If you're, if you're in, working in the parking lot, but God shows up, it's your testimony. When, when, when people walk out holding their crutches over their shoulder and you've been on the parking team, that is your testimony. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know what your yes is doing? Can you, can you receive a new perspective on your individual yes? How it contributes to the corporate yes. The power of blessing, and I've also shared this before, but there was a season, and I was in the school of ministry, and I was just highly uh, just going after signs and wonders, and, uh, and I, was, I was letting God train me in, in this, and I was seeing God do radical things and prophesying over people in public and leading people to the Lord and praying for people in restaurants, and this was just, it was normal, like just all the time, all the time. And in this season, God said, I don't want you, you're not allowed to pray for anyone for two months. You're not allowed to pray for anyone for two months. He said, I want you to learn the power that resides in a blessing. I said, okay. And I knew I didn't really get it, but I was, I was in, Holy Spirit school. So I said, all right, God. And so for, for two months, now here's the wild thing. I didn't stop getting words of knowledge for people. I didn't stop getting prophetic words. And at first I was a little confused. Like the next day, God said, don't pray for him for two months. I'm like, okay. And the next day I'm wherever I am, a coffee shop, and I get a strong prophetic word for someone. But I'm like, God, if you don't want me to pray for them, why did you give me the word for them? And he said, because I want you to take all of the unction that you feel in the prophetic word and simply put it in the blessing. And so for two months, I practiced this and I would get the prophetic word. I would get the word of knowledge, but instead of giving the prophetic word, I would take all that that I feel and I would just say, excuse me, ma'am, God bless you today. And as the time went on, the power of the blessing just began to increase and increase. And near the end of the two months, I had two two different individuals on the street that I didn't didn't talk to. I didn't engage beyond just literally walking by on the street. One was a man and one was a woman. I just stopped them and said, excuse me, sir. God bless you today. And I kept walking and turned around just to see tears streaming down their face. The power of the blessing. Listen, when you, when you are, when you're serving in kids' church, when you're at the front door, when you're in the parking lot, are, when you're releasing a blessing, is it an individual blessing? Yeah. 
Or is that, is that individual blessing a brick of blessing that's building the house? <laughs> How much of the kingdom can we release? Now listen, I know I'm, I'm putting out roles. Maybe you're not on the greeting team. Maybe you're just standing in line at, at Roadrunner Coffee. <laughs> Maybe you're standing in line at Roadrunner Coffee and you turn around to talk to the person behind you who's brand new to the environment. How much blessing can you release in a 30-second conversation? In two minutes, maybe you're not on the parking team. Maybe you're just getting out of your car and someone gets out of their car next to you that you don't recognize and you start talking to them just on the way into church. Maybe you're making small talk, but this whole time you're releasing this covering of blessing over them. It's like, you better get ready. You're just about to have your life transformed. It's going to be awesome. Come on with me. Whew. <laughs> And maybe all you do is talk to them for 30 seconds on the way in, but you're extending your blessing over them, and later on you find out that their marriage got restored at the altar. Maybe you find out that drug addiction was broken. Maybe you find out that, that cancer disappeared from, someone's, from their body. And all you did was talk to them for 30 seconds, but you released your awareness of your blessing, and that testimony is as much your testimony. Oh, this is a good word. I just, I'm just letting you know. If you haven't caught on yet, this is a good word. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Listen, when you, when you resist sin, you're doing it out of your own obedience and for your own betterment, but you're also contributing to a sinless house. Whoa. When you resist sin, you are doing it out of your own obedience and for your own betterment, but you're also contributing to a sinless house. What if there's a group of people that's so convicted about what God can do when he's invited and welcomed to have his way in our midst that people come in and cancers are popping up, tumors are disappearing, and deaf ears are opening up and blind eyes are releasing because all we did is come together and worship, but I have a commitment to God and you have a commitment to God and our individual yes has become a corporate yes that God says, I want to come and hang out there. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> he just took a powerful offering about worship. But when we, when we give, whether it's of our energy, our time, our in intellect, our finances, it doesn't matter. When you give uh, your, your compassion, when you just, that 30-second conversation, that's giving. But when you give, are you giving in? Listen, when you give... <clears throat> $50, are you giving $50? Or are you giving into salvations, transformations, miracles, and restorations? Yeah. 
Because maybe all you were able to do this week, you know, we're, we're busy, it's real world, right? Maybe all you were able to do this week was give $50. Maybe you were able to give $5. But are you just giving $5 or are you building the house of the Lord? Because you might give $5 in the offering and an hour later someone has metal disappear from their body because the presence of the do- God dwells on your obedience. That testimony of metal dissolving is as much your testimony as it is the person that preached, as it is the prayer servant who prayed, as it is the worship leader who led. When you serve, are you aware that you're building a place for salvations, transformations, miracles, and restorations? The momentum... The momentum that God, that God responds to your responding to him. He responds to your obedience. He responds to your sacrifice. But are you aware that, that the testimony of your obedience? Listen, we talked about when you resist sin, it contributes to a sinless house. Or a house that's having victory over sin. This is the real world. Like we have issues. No one's perfect, right? We're not trying to play polished church. Come on, anybody with me? But when, but when someone who's struggling steps into a house that is displaying victory over sin, does it make it easier for them to get free? Yes. <laughs> I thought it was a good word. that your individual in private sacrifice that you're like on Wednesday you're like no I'm not going to do that thing temptation pop nope not going to do it and on Sunday somebody walks in and they get free of addiction Your, your individual sacrifice on Wednesday contributed to their breakthrough on Sunday Come on, can we praise Jesus? Come on, if I can get someone on the guitar to come up with the keys and whoo, <laughs> we're gonna, we're just gonna invite God to to add our individual yes to His corporate yes. The blessing of heaven can increase. What does it look like? For God to have his way. What does it look like? Could you imagine? Because God wants to do more than we can ask, think, or imagine. <laughs> What does it look like for God to have his way? Can you imagine? (laughs) Because when I can imagine, individually something powerful happens. And my my three-foot circle starts to get filled with revival, starts to get filled with the presence of the Lord. But something more powerful happens when you also start to imagine. 
and your three-foot circle starts to get filled up. <laughs> and then he also starts to imagine, and then she starts to imagine, and she starts to imagine, and he starts to imagine, and we all start to imagine, and your three-foot circle, and my three-foot circle, and your three-foot circle, and your three-foot circle collide. Kaboom. <laughs> we have a dwelling place for God in the spirit. Whew. <laughs> I got goosebumps and they're the good kind. <laughs> Come on. He's a good father. Isn't that where we started? He's a good father. If we ask him for bread, he's not going to give us a stone. He's a good father. Let's just ask him for more. Let's ask him to increase our individual yes. If you want to ask him to increase your individual yes, I just want you to stand to your feet. Put your hand on your heart. Whew. And just tell him. <clears throat> Say, Jesus, Increase my yes. Now you can fill in the blanks. You could whisper whatever God's put on your heart, your individual yes increasing, whatever that looks like. God, increase my individual yes, my commitment, my awareness, my attention, my giving. Let me know that I have something to contribute as I stand in line at the coffee shop. Let me be aware that I have something to contribute as I walk from my car to the building and as I walk from the building to my car. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And God, I thank you that our individual yes contributes to the corporate yes. And I just feel like we're supposed to give our individual yeses as an offering to the corporate yes. And as Jahi so aptly described during the tithes and offerings, just put your hands out. If you want to contribute your individual yes to the corporate yes, put your hands out. And he said, this is what you have to give. <laughs> he said, everything between your hands. <laughs> so I just want you to say this with me. Say, Jesus, take my individual yes and contribute to the corporate yes. Take what I have to give and make it a brick of blessing that builds your house in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Kaylee, are you, uh, are you available? And I don't know, is Adam coming with you? Can we get the, uh, the ministry team to get, begin to make your way to the front?
come on up here. Kaylee came up and shared a testimony uh, with Renee and I during worship, and I was like, that sounds like an individual yes. And the testimony of Jesus is going to be released in greater measure right now. Anybody ready to receive her individual yes as a corporate yes right now? And we're going we're gonna to have some ministry team up here, and we're going to release you in just a moment. Uh, but I wanted to quickly share this testimony with us. I am, like, rocked by your word. <laughs> Thank you. That was, like, um, because of what this house has been cultivating, uh, Adam and I have real, two really little kids, so we haven't come on Saturdays in quite a, a long time. So Sunday mornings has provided us opportunity to come gather in corporate worship and we have been getting so rocked so rocked because of all of your yeses in serving this house and just some of what's come out of the last few services we've been to Adam and I have been stirred to just get up early and connect with the Holy Spirit in the morning more regularly so because of this it's like the floodgates have opened over our house and the presence of God. It is insane. And so anyway, so we're on a date. So this is our day on Friday. Our nanny's watching the kids and we're walking down by Lady Bird Lake. And maybe last year we were paddle boarding with some friends and we saw that you may, you guys have probably seen it. There's this circle where the Barton Creek and Lady Bird Lake kind of meet. And one day we were paddle boarding and there's this guy and he's preaching. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what? he sounds like he's preaching good news. Like, I want to hear what he's saying. And we start listening more, and I'm like, oh, that's a little funky. <laughs> what is going on there? And he's, you know, he's preaching some new age stuff, but you can feel the atmosphere of what he's preaching, and it's not the glory. <laughs> so anyways, we're on this walk, and as we're on this walk, we start sensing the atmosphere of it feels kind of weird right here. And we look over, and it's that same spot. And we look, and we're like, feel compelled within ourselves we have to go worship right there in that spot. Something, come on, baby, something about the presence of God. Like, we have to worship where the, where, where, where the oppression and the depression and the deception has been released over our city. We have to declare something in us said, if the rocks don't cry out and praise him in this moment. I have to praise him right in this spot where the truth has not been declared over my city. And we started praying on our date and the presence of God. And we started da dancing and you could feel the shift in the atmosphere and the glory coming. Something is happening because the presence of God and and I felt like I have to preach and I have to preach the gospel where the gospel hasn't been preached. The truth hasn't been declared on this circle, in this spot, in this spot in our city. And I, I started to think, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach the cross. I'm going to preach the gospel. And I started to talk and out of my mouth came, the Father welcomes you home. The Father welcomes you lost sons and daughters. And I felt the heart of the Father over our city. <laughs> Just I was so moved by the heart of God for the orphans or the people who don't know him. <laughs> and I want my individual yes. I'm so humbled. I want my individual yes to be moved by the heart of my Father. Yeah. 
And I feasted, I feasted on his love and worship this morning. And I want to bring that feast to my brothers and my sisters and to the lost sons and daughters in our city, on our trails, in our streets. Yes. <laughs> yes. Come on. How many people feel the momentum of the individual, yes, becoming a corporate blessing? Put your hands on your heart one more time. I just want to have these guys pray. Pray that each of our individual yeses would grow. Yeah, God, we just thank you that the righteous are bold as a lion. That was like in the beginning, I can feel the, the spirit of fear trying to quiet our voice and like, oh no, shrink back. No, don't do this. We're gonna look so weird. And oh, this isn't me, but, but something just rose up. Like, no, like who cares? Who cares what other people are gonna think about us? Who cares what these people are gonna say? Like, this is, this is who we are. We are free in Christ. <laughs> and it's so much more fun to be stepping out into freedom and then shrink back to the punk little devil. <laughs> so we just declare Wait, freedom. So out of this, I forgot this part. So he was feeling all this fear and he's like, like, oh wow, life, you're really getting into it right now as I'm dancing around that. And he's like, why really? And so we're like, okay, you know, let's wrap it up. And he goes, Wait, we gotta we need to pray for somebody. So then you tell us part of the story really quick. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, we just saw this lady and we're like, let's go prophesy over. Like, let's go release what we're feeling here. And um, yeah, I don't know. I forget exactly what happened, but she ended up getting healed, like partially healing of her shoulder. Wait, I have and, to tell this part because it's funny. So. Okay, so we're like, <laughs> so we're like, hey, you know, we just want to ask if we can steal a few minutes of your time. And we just felt God's heart of love over you. And she goes, yeah, what were you doing up there? <laughs> We're like, you know, we were just enjoying the goodness of God and, sh and, and feeling and enjoying his presence. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm a healer. And I was like, oh, we're healers, too. We love healing. And she goes, yeah, I'm a healer. And I was just sitting here sensing the energy over the water. And we we're like, oh, my gosh, us, too. Don't you feel the goodness of God's atmosphere right now? Like, we love the energy and his presence over creation. And she just really connect, like, Honestly, God, often I'm not trying to be like, oh yeah, we're healers, you know, but I genuinely was like, God loves you. Like, this is true. He loves your heart for healing. And so Adam gave her a word about her creative spirit. And then because she's a healer, I said, this is probably a weird question because you're a healer, but do you need any healing? Do you have any pain in your body? And we asked her about this spot. And so we prayed over her. Okay, it turns out her shoulder, she needs a completely new shoulder and she doesn't have range of motion. So she said it gives her pain and maybe her pain was at a three right then. Well, we prayed over her and just released. And even in this moment, what really touched me was we were excited to see her healed, but I felt God celebrating his daughter. Like even though she didn't clearly didn't know him, she, she had a heart for healing because her father is the healer. Her father's the healer, and so she she had a heart just like his. And so anyways, oh, sorry, I'm going long. Okay, last thing. So we pray over her, and she says, I feel so much goodness. I feel so much peace. I feel so much presence of God. I feel so much better. And she starts whipping her shoulder around and said the pain was gone, and her range of motion was back. Come on. So good. Listen, let's receive... Let's receive this yes as a corporate blessing with our praise. Come on, let's give Jesus praise. Thank you, Jesus.
love you and we praise you and we exalt you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.